Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. All right, welcome to our very first inaugural episode. We're finally here and we're happy to be here. We'll be dropping episodes every other Wednesday. So please subscribe, follow us on all the socials. That's handle Stephanie's plural talk tunes. And we're glad that you're here and we are damn glad to be here. That is right. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm the other Stephanie or Stephanie Fenya. Just uh, just for some clarity, y'all, I mean, I know it can get a little bit confusing on what Stephanie is talking. And if you want to get to know us a little bit more, we might things make easier for you by calling each other by our last name. So I'm Benya and uh, the lovely Stephanie Myers was talking. I'm Myers. Hello. So yeah, welcome all music junkies, people that like music. Maybe um, you're here because you knew from the trailer what we were talking about. You know the band, you know the song, you can't wait to get into it. Others may be like, hey, I just like music. Tell me, tell me about this. I'm interested. And, uh, you know, and then there's maybe just someone looking for a new podcast. So welcome. Before we get into, you know, the lovely song um, from the really good band Heart, I want to talk about us real quick. (laughs) Heart. Yeah. You know, let me make it really clear here before, you know, we even talk about ourselves that I want y'all to know a little bit about us is that Heart is a badass band. Um, Anne and Nancy, definitely some hard rocking women. And just so you guys know, music is so good. It got me through a half marathon hike in San Antonio, Texas, where it's hot as hell. And you just always rethink things when you're outside for long distances in, in San Antonio. So anywho, so let's talk about, um, let's get down to business. So let's talk about how Myers and I met. So here's a little bit about us and the reason why we decided to share a comical take on the music you want to forget, but love to remember. Let me just paint a picture here. First of all, I kind of forced Stephanie to be my friend. (laughs) The year was 1999 and the threat of Y2K was real on the UT Austin campus. I saw Myers a couple of times in our kin solving dorm. It was an all-female dorm. And for some reason, I noticed her in our 200 plus math auditorium. Guys, I'm telling you, UT is no joke. (laughs) Like when we talk weed out classes, we are talking weed out classes. So this is 200 plus. I am not making that up. (laughs) Not making that up. Any other Longhorns on the line know what's up. (laughs) They know. So one day in August, maybe September, I don't know, it was hot as hell. We're walking to class in a hundred degree heat. I'm smoking a cigarette, of course, Marlboro Lights, if you want to be exact. And, uh, you know, I'm wearing jeans. I got blue docks on my feet, which I wish I still had. Three hole to be exact. Gosh, the ones that are made in England. Ah, it's so sad they're not made in England anymore. Anyway, the OGs. And I see Miss Myers ahead of me. And I instantly knew we had to be besties. Because check this out, y'all. We have the same style. Not only that, but eclectic style. She had the same express velvet pants that I did. Oh my God. Navy blue beauties. And uh, oh my gosh, it took me forever to get rid of mine. I don't know how long it took you to, but man, those, I wore the hell out of those pants. So naturally- I see a sister walking with those pants on. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I got to know this person, right? So I ran up to her and let her know straight up, like, you're in my math class while I'm deeply inhaling, smoking my Marlboro Light, probably blowing smoke in her face, not even knowing, but I'm so fucking nervous, right? Because I'm feeling real dumb and wondering (laughs) if like, while I'm trying to desperately make friends or freshmen, this is our, well, my freshman year. I didn't want to think I was trying to hit on her. I just really want to make friends. And it's awkward. 
I mean, there's 50,000 students on this campus at that time. And I'm like, shit, I need to make people, I need to make some friends. And I was like, hey, you know what? You you have my express velvet pants. This is just meant to be. But uh, um, I will say that I'm going to say, luckily, that wasn't the case. And we pretty much instantly became friends. I don't know. Let's see how staff feels about this. So <laughs> your recollection on this magical moment. So. Very, very accurate retelling. Uh, and I'll just add that for that point in my life, refused to wear like shorts or dresses. So it was a hundred degrees. Yeah, it was a hundred degrees. And I was wearing express velvet pants, like velvet jean style pants. Velvet. And uh, yeah. And uh, I think your other line to me, Stephanie, was I have those pants, take a drag off your cigarette. And you're like, aren't you hot? Um, and I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I to think of it. Why am I, why am I wearing these? But it was, but it was kismet. I, you know, didn't have a good mind for faces in that 200 plus auditorium. So uh, glad that you came up to me. And that was, uh, we're not going to say how many years ago, but it was a number of years ago. And that's how we met. It was a while ago, but yeah, for sure. But it was, it was that dorm. I don't know. I just have an eye. I have an eye for cool people, I guess. Cause I saw you in the dorm and then I saw you walk into class. And let me tell you guys on the line, UT is a big ass campus. It's 40 acres plus now when we were going 40 acres and it would take like at least 12, 15 minutes to get from one class to another. And imagine walking in that in heat. So I had a lot of respect for Myers because shit, I wasn't wearing those pants during that time. <laughs> I waited until the fall. So this chick had to know her. But anyway, that's a little bit about us. Yeah. So we were both there at UT Austin and uh, subsequently right after college, I moved to New York and Miss Stephanie Pena over here also moved to New York and we lived in New York at the same time for many years. And then as far as our little music history credentials, um, I wrote for several music magazines over the years, uh, particularly in New York. And I'll, uh, I'll let you talk a little bit about your experience in music. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that music was one of the major reasons why we clicked so much. So super excited that you guys are here to, to hear our stories and share our love for music. My journey started when I was in college working in radio as what was then called a remote coordinator. What that cool title meant is that I was that schmuck hanging out at clubs, malls, even gas stations, giving away swag, CDs, t-shirts, maybe even a concert ticket or two, while of course promoting the radio station. Not necessarily the most glamorous job, but definitely fun. After graduation, I moved to New York with the intentions of becoming an event planner. And of course that didn't mean weddings because yeah, no. I wanted to get into concert production, while I didn't fulfill that dream in New York, I did get some bona fide major event planning and marketing experience and took that back to Austin, where I then worked for an event security company by the name of W3. W3 provided event security services and stagehands for pretty much every venue, festival, and film sets in Austin at the time, when Austin was still a small town and affordable. Ah, the good old days. Anyway, just I want to go back to compliment Meyer's career for a sec. I supported her while living in New York as she always had the ends on what the next big up and coming band was about to hit the scene, which was very exciting. We saw a lot of bands, comedians, and even now TV show hosts go from the small stage to the big stage. I remember when I was working ACL in 2009 for W3 and saw Grizzly Bear hit the stage, which was a band Myers interviewed way back when. I was like, I know this band. Check this out. They made it. Interviewing anyway. Grizzly Bear in a diner, um, which was fun. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, no, we had good times. Evolution. So, I would say that. that's badass. I, I would say, you know, I got a lot of stories too. Um, my favorite, though, would just have to be, 
when <laughs> I saved and I put in air quotes, saved Vince Neal from a crazy crowd, a crazy fan that was trying to touch him. <laughs> And uh, while Goodness. he was uh, walking, yeah, girl, it was it was funny. Anyway, long story short, just trying to paint the picture. I love rock and roll, and I had to work. Mm-hmm. Why well, worked? Um, Motley Crue, Alice Cooper, and uh, who else opened? I just remember Motley Crue and Alice Cooper. That's all that matters. But anyway, um, I saved Vince Neil again. Air quotes. It was pretty funny. Um, the band wanted to uh, walk the floor and come from the opposite side of the house to uh, set a scene to, to sing Home Sweet Home. And there was a particular fan that was in the bowl that was reaching over and trying to touch all of the band members. And he almost got to Vince. And I literally, my five, <laughs> yeah, my five foot five little Mexican self just jumped up and was like, no. And I pushed him and it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. And whoever it was from Motley Crue's team was just like, yeah, that's awesome. I love you. And I'm like, yeah, my claim to fame. I saved Vince. <laughs> so anyway, hey, Vince, if you're you listening, be, you're welcome. <laughs> Behold him to you for the rest of his life. To be yeah, honest. I mean, come on. We were all worried about Mick because of, for obvious reasons and all the beer that was spilt on the bottom floor. So um, myself and the guest services and everyone making sure that the team that the uh the band made it safely from point a to point b but yeah those you know the rock star you know the fans man you always got to be worried about the fans first so (laughs) especially the male ones i don't care what you say well and then that's who we are right like ultimately we are fans and that's why we're hoping uh you'll enjoy our takes on these things and that's a little bit of our uh our history and our music cred and all of that yeah if we turn to with the song we want to chat about today it's classic it's all i want to do is make love to you by heart those rocking ladies hearts but first i do have to share what happened after we decided to talk about this song as our first episode this is the truth this is not a lie so we decide yeah, we gotta we gotta chat about this one on the podcast. So I'm at a I live in LA now. I'm at a downtown LA restaurant. I'm dining with a friend on the patio. I hear the the faint strains of this song, and I, I think I'm losing my mind. Don't really know what's going on. Like, what is that? Where? Like, what is this? I'm not exaggerating in any form when I say a man proceeds to walk by. Uh, carrying a boombox, and he is blasting this song at top volume. He's not doing it ironically. Um, (laughs) He's carrying it with a serious look on his face. But at that point, I knew that we had made the right choice as to what to discuss today for our inaugural episode. And it was a truly bizarre uh, little scene, as you can imagine. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I can't even picture this, but this is just wonderful. And guys, this song was released in 1990. So still holding strong relevance for today. That's really badass. So (laughs) without further ado, let's talk about a little bit about the history of this. So uh, fun fact, this song was written by Mutt Lang. And that's uh, Shania Twain's Mutt Lang, songwriter. You may think like this song came out of left field. It was actually, yeah, first released in 1979 by Dobie Gray with a totally different angle. Did not include the kind of lyrics that were in this version by heart. If you're not yes. familiar with I this I actually song. heard it. I actually <laughs> took some time to hurry it. Yeah. 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 And it's a very straightforward, 
would like love song um, from a man to a lady. Um, and if we're not familiar with just the top lines of this heart version, this is about a narrator, female narrator, the song who uh, picks up a hitchhiker with the goal of getting pregnated on a rainy night. Uh, there's a lot more to this song. And of That's course, what we're unpack it the course of this episode um but it's kind of unbelievable this ended up in you know soft rock and dentist's office across america with just this bizarre premise we found out a lot about it we're going to share it with you today apparently Hart did not like this song we're a little bit pressured into recording it which is kind of goes along with the um, misogyny at the time women kind of like forced to do an industry things they didn't want to do they refused to play it live for years the song is also banned in Ireland. Yeah, and didn't sh- that's insane. Okay, let's yeah. let's put that two together and let's go about let's. this a little bit a uh, little let's. bit backwards. So you mentioned that Hart hates this song or hated the song. Maybe they come to terms with it now. I didn't do the research, but definitely if for those Hart fans, this probably took you by surprise when this song was came out in ninety because like what? Like this is just not their sound. It's not where you're used to. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't have that groove, um, you know, heart, just like any other rock and roll band usually talks about sex, fun, life, whatever. But this was a whole new different turn. Very, very, just weird. Just didn't, didn't think this. But what I want to touch on real quick is that Don Henley, Don Henley was supposed to do this song. So yep. Don Henley is the uh, frontman for the Eagles and he pushed it. So you talk about the misogyny. So it was okay for him to say no. But if you have heart and you have the Wilson sisters, it's like, nah, you ladies have to do this. And what the fuck is that, man? I mean, hey, well, this song made it big for them. You know, um, well, they're already big. So let me backtrack. Already big. Have a name. But this helped, right? This definitely helped continue their success in the 90s. And to be honest with you, this is probably one of the first songs that I heard because this song came out when I was nine, not hiding my age. It is what it is. But, you know, so I liked it. You know, I was like, okay, but still, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm singing around my parents or they don't give a shit. That's cool. Whatever. It was all good. I'm nine years old talking about sex and pregnancy and, you know, one night stands and shit. But, you know, whatever. Neither here nor there. But to like, you know, before I was introduced to um, Original Heart and what I see as Authentic Heart, this is really crazy. And really the whole backstory behind this and showing, proving that a band that had already proved themselves, you know, that they are one of the guys can hang with them, are successful, are then put into this fucking shoebox to release a song that men said no to. What the fuck? Yep. yep. What the fuck? Anyway, sorry. And I'm I'll, going on a rant there, but you no, know, hey, it worked all, out for them. It's all relevant. And I'll I'll just add, like some of my doing some research from here, including amazing article on ultimateclassicrack.com. Credit the authors, Corey Irwin, Matt Wardlock. Great job. Learned a little nugget about Ann Wilson's feelings about this song, which was, you know, she did not like it. She did not like it. And for years, we learned they declined to play this in concert. Um, 2017, Anne began to add it uh, into some of her solo live performances, but she modified the lyrics, quote, to take some of the coldness out of it. Because it is, again, just a weird song. It's just a weird song. And we can tell a little bit about our story with this song and how we had to explain to our friends, heart super fan, didn't understand the song. Yeah. I really like this story. <laughs> yeah, so, so I really like it. We have a dear friend, Alicia. I hope you're listening to this right now. So Alicia's a heart super fan. 
she had the lucky chance of seeing them live. I still haven't on my bucket list. Um, very mad at you, by the way, didn't invite me, but that's okay. Anywho, um, this song, you know, is definitely, um, she liked it. I, and I like it too. Um, you know, she just didn't really break down and read into the lyrics. So the lyrics itself is, they're so literal. It's a woman who is driving, picks up a hitchhiker. They go to a motel. They do the nasty. She leaves him the next morning. And then they meet up again, right? But like, and this is literal, y'all. If you haven't heard the song, and this is it. So it's look very, it up, yep. read the lyrics, yep. listen to the song. It is a literal song. But all you folks on the line are like, yep, that's what we were jamming to. But there is one particular thing. So Alicia got that. What she didn't understand was the metaphor in it. And that's what I want to talk about because this metaphor is just, uh, it's just it's downright, it's like biblical. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of biblical and I'm not like no King James, but damn man, like this is insane. So the, the metaphor saying that they, you know, they found a motel, they got magic, you know, um, they walked in a garden, they planted a tree. <laughs> the tree's the baby. And well, Alicia just didn't really get that. And so having to explain it to her, it was it was really great. It was a realization. It was an eye-opening experience for Alicia. For I think honestly it makes her like the song more. But <laughs> she's a hard super fan. But, uh, it's the greatest part. Like she's about to go see them live. And we're like, did you did you understand the point of the song? She didn't understand the metaphor. And I believe also didn't understand the song is again about a uh, grifter pick up in the rain and take to a motel because you think that that would be a good father of your child. I don't know why this did not, it didn't really register with her, but we had to explain it to her over a happy hour. And I'll never forget it. Explaining this song to a heart super fan. <sighs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. You know, um, we super fans, but yeah, we all make mistakes and we look over things. It's okay, Alicia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but long, you know, this song, I don't know, man. Like, I feel sorry for this dude. Like, th it seemed like, you know, the, the note that she left this guy was saying, please don't find me. Please don't you dare. Just live in my memory. You'll always be there. And, <laughs> and in the way she paints, you know, the the scene that we're getting here, the vibe that we're getting is they had like some true passionate love, like damn, like love at first sight type shit. Self-esteem to this poor guy, you know? Could you imagine is waking up like you felt like you had a real magical moment? Like you That's hit the nice. jackpot? Wow. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was literally just walking in the rain and then love of my life or I don't know, some chick I really did pick me up and we, you know, we connected. <laughs> morning she's gone how this poor guy like i feel so bad so i understand where Anne's going with the coldness with this one because that is fucking cold it's pretty like cold. seriously so this the lyrics i think this takes you know, me back to i mean to... it's talking about all i want to do is make love to you yeah and again you know and i'll just take it back to the fact it takes you back Mutt lang but lang wrote this and it was definitely there's just several points in this song you're like yeah a dude definitely wrote this and be like i think probably i don't know their ladies should we talk about being in a garden plan a treat. I'm sure they'll want to sing that. I'm sure it'll be fine. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his thumbprints are all over this one, guys. Let's get real. Thumbprints like, are all over this song. What the fuck? Come on. It, like, it's a little much. Do you think he'd write this for Shania? I mean, come on. It's a good you question, know? actually. I'm, I'm not a big like Shania to... fan. 
would like to hear her cover this. That would be something. That would be something. Yeah. Yeah. We should write her and tell her, Shania, this is your next big one. Do it. Yeah. For sure. Um, I just, yeah. Well, aside from, you know, the song itself, during this time, videos were, were big and I watched a lot of MTV and I watched also on network TV, there'd be late night video countdowns. I don't remember the names, but I've seen this video so many times and it's so literal. Like, oh my God. I mean, I it just like so... It was a 90s what? thing. 80s, 90s where they're like, we got to, we have to uh, show you in, we don't, we we're not going to do metaphor like you are with the tree. We're There's going no abstract. Very, yeah. We're going to very literally illustrate the situation. And boy, did this music video ever illustrate these lyrics. My God, I'll never forget it. You had a good yeah, take guys. on it. You had a good Same. take on it. You see it. <laughs> Yeah, well, where do you even start? But you, you know, it's day. literally, you see a woman. Yeah, you got a woman driving down the street and it's raining. She picked up a dude to see the hotel. You see, you get all the lovemaking. But what really gets me, okay, that's literal, we know, is the baby. We got to go back to the baby, right? So <laughs> check this out, y'all, in the video. It says how they reunite. Wow. So homegirl comes into a new uh, hotel motel. She's trying to seek shelter with her baby. I don't know. I, I can't remember the gender. But in the lobby is the man, is daddy, is baby daddy in the lobby. That's where she he sees his kid for the first time. <laughs> and breaking it back down to the lyrics, this <sighs> moment is saying that, you know, she wants him to understand that she's in love with another man with another man and what he couldn't give her was the one little thing that he could the baby the baby oh my god could you imagine that interaction what the fuck and, and this why guy's at work. have to meet in a hotel again yeah, or a motel this guy's at work he's, he's now a receptionist. receptionist he's now a receptionist he's like coming into my job coming into my job oh there's a kid i believe the line is uh you'll imagine his surprise uh when he saw his own eyes and then as a listener um at that point yes. we're supposed to be making a connection making a connection brought in the baby to your work uh and i'm in love with another man well it is years later just just a lot to unpack in the video i mean like uh, just talking about it i get so emotional like i yeah. feel like my my thoughts are just yeah. type kind of just melding into one and i'm like the, oh my the god literalness. this is insane the literalness yeah. of the video you're literally in the lobby you're like oh he's the okay okay he's the receptionist and she brought this in at work oh that's great that's great why why are they always meeting in a fucking hotel like why like why why couldn't they just be like dinner like eventually and i mean the had to get a job when he was out in the rain she's like <laughs> hitchhiker years later um you know i'm gonna be a receptionist now not gonna expect uh, this woman from many years ago to show up at my job with my kid. Weirdly, the song does not refer to any kind of child support that she might have demanded at that point. <laughs> and, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. And if the song got gone into that facet, I wouldn't have blamed it. Would have been fine. Really? Child support? I don't I don't know. She's trying to push this dude away. You know? I mean, she's in love with another man. She didn't mention if she was married or not, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Oh my God. I just feel really bad for this dude, man. I just really bad for this dude. And just, I don't understand why like this garden has to be a fucking hotel. Why can't the garden be a garden? I mean, it's like, you know, again, walking in a garden, planting a tree. It's all about this hotel. One hell of a, a lot hotel. of questions. Um, whether or not it's the same hotel, I couldn't tell that from the video. I think it's a different hotel. But then again, we didn't see the lobby um, in the video. So maybe, 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 maybe it's different, but... <laughs> And this song, always in my heart, let me tell you. And you know, this is one you'll 
you'll forevermore hear it uh, when you're at the dentist, hear it across dentist office across America, um, along with Richard Marks. Yeah. So think about that next time you're getting your, uh, you know, your root canal. Always think about the music that's playing in the background because there's like little nuggets, you know, to totally take you away from that pain. Maybe the Novocaine isn't strong enough. You know, just really take a listen of what the, the smooth jams that your dentist is playing for you because... <laughs> Yeah, you can uh, you, you can uh, overcome the pain of a dental procedure with the irony and the um, literalness of a '90s love song. It's amazing. Or is it a love song? I is it a love song? <laughs> or is it a love song? I, I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> Throughout this podcast series, you know, this is uh, this is definitely our first. We'll be talking about a lot of different types of genres of music. Probably songs that you know of. I know for one for sure that I want to talk about The Cure, Just Like Heaven. And if you haven't heard of that song, I don't know where you've been. Because like my 20-year-old niece has known that song since she was like 16. So that's is uh, something, a little bit of a preview of what we like to cover. Stephanie and I have songs from classic country. We're talking like the Randy Travis. Of course, Johnny Cash. Got to talk about him. And there's going to be some post-punk and, uh, you know, some grunge and all sorts of good stuff. We've been to many concerts. Thank you so much for listening. You know, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. Look it up, y'all. Listen Absolutely. to the song. Really, like, we can't give it more justice than what the song does. The song is just, yeah. Yeah, we can talk about <laughs> it all day, but in the end, you gotta to listen say. to it. You gotta listen to it. Make sure you connect yeah, with us absolutely. on social. Stephanie's Talk Tunes. Uh, we're Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Give your feedback. Suggestions for future songs. What you liked about this song. Maybe memories it sparked for you. We want to hear all of it. So connect Yeah, with us. absolutely. Absolutely. I know um, for the listeners out there that this is a song that you have probably heard before. You have got to have some story behind it. Um, or even just your realization of what it was talking about and how that made you feel. <laughs> Please reach out to us. I'd love to. I'd uh, love to hear what you got to say. Well, this is... Uh, This is a wrap, y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.